Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Erin Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're going to welcome Erin's Trash Art in the Movies co-host and our good friend Paul Matwichuk on to discuss two adaptations of Sarat Chandra Chattopadhyay's 1917 novella Devdas. First up, Sanjay Leela Bansali's 2002 opulent star-studded melodrama Devdas with Shah Rukh Khan, Ashwarya Rai, and Madhuri Dixit. Then, Anurag Kashyap's modern cult classic Dev D, starring Abbe Dayal, Mahi Gill, and Kalki Kochlin from 2009. Welcome, Paul! Hey, hello! Thank you, guys! Yeah, we Thank wanted to you. have you on for a long time, and you, you finally made it. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's so, it's so, it's the Bollywood is for lovers environment. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we always record Trash Art in the Movies on the sofa, mm-hmm. and Matt and I always record Bollywood is for lovers at the, like, dining table. They're about, like... Meters apart, <laughs> if that, <laughs> if that, maybe a but meter and a half, it but feels, it, it, it's a gulf. Yeah, it feels like oh, a it's whole a whole new, new energy. World. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, we wanted to have you on for a while, and this episode is going to be. Kind <laughs> I of don't a- know why, because I know nothing about Indian cinema. But well, you know a lot about you're film. Yeah. yeah, and this episode is kind of a mix of your other podcast mm-hmm. you do there, in which you're coming up on 200 episodes. Yeah, it's just a few episodes. I think we're on what 194. I think is the is the one that's currently up? Yeah, we're yeah. getting there. Yeah, yeah. Our, our long-lived uh, Trash Art in the Movies podcast. Yeah. How many is it total, though, if you include DVD Afternoon? How many episodes oh. have you put out? Because that's uh, a DVD lot. Afternoon had maybe 89, I think, to be... So it's up to 300 bonus episodes, so yeah. close to 300, I, yeah. Have, yeah, I think. Yeah, you've been podcasting for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like. To, <laughs> to little success. <laughs> what? <laughs> you guys are huge. You guys are huge oh. right out of the gate. I, I think we're successful. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I know people like our show. Why don't yeah. you explain oh, yes. our show yeah, so, and so people understand kind of um, how this episode is somewhat related yeah. to the show that we usually do. So the, the concept of Trash Art in the Movies is every week, Aaron and I, we talk about uh, two movies. One of them, quote-unquote, trashy. Mm-hmm. The other one is, quote-unquote, arty. Uh, but they both have something in common, either like a theme or a setting, sometimes a director, sometimes an actor, sometimes the titles are just kind of <laughs> funny to put together. And we do, we sort of talk about both movies and declare at the end who won the week, who did it better. Was it trash or was it art? And trash wins, well, maybe not most of the time, but more often than you would expect. I really yeah. like it yeah. when... Like a yeah you know, a, a, a movie in kind of like a low down genre like a horror movie or something kind of disreputable is more interesting and has either like more entertainment value or more interesting themes sometimes than the more highly regarded movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if I remember right, you were the trashiest <laughs> and Aaron was the artiest. That's and yeah. Your former co-host. No, Heather, Heather our former think, co-host yeah, was the artiest. She was the artiest. I was in the middle, but you now were, without now, Heather, now I'm you were like uh, like Derek Smalls in in Spinal Tap. You're like the lukewarm water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this this is kind of like a Brundlefly version of mm-hmm. Bollywood is for lovers and Trash Art in the movies, mm-hmm. right? Sort of a hybrid of the two. Yeah, because we're, we're looking at a you know. A pop art classic, I'd say. Yeah, I think uh, we'll have to get to later on which one we're seeing is trash and which yeah, one we're yeah. seeing is art. It's, always, it's difficult for you guys on your regular podcast. Yeah, yeah. And this the, one, the definitions are kind of elastic. It's really just sort of the excuse to talk about two interesting movies all the time. Yeah. And yeah, I don't. I mean, both of these are could you could call they both could of these either. the arty ones, right? Mm-hmm. Like the Dev Das 
is, and I'm, I am going to defer to the two of you for like any actual knowledge about these movies, but I get the impression from my limited reading, like Dev Das is a real kind of cultural mm-hmm. touchstone. It's a yeah. huge hit. It's, you know, one of the most, the best, re- the best remembered movies of its various stars. Yeah. But Dev D is like, the, but it's also very glossy and soapy and mm-hmm. uh, melodramatic. Commercial. commercial, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and Dev D is a more kind of scruffy, um, it's pretty grimy. Yeah, kind of, yeah, a version of it that it, I guess it kind of sets out to be a what truer, yeah, uh, yeah like a more real world version right. of uh, of the story in Dev Das. Is well, that fair to say? Not I as many so. stained glass windows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's ostensibly more realistic because you do see the estates that Dev Das's yeah. father owns, like a kind of an industrial factory farm mm-hmm. and you know vast tracts of land, whereas mm-hmm. in the Sanjay Lila Bonsali version, you see two very nice houses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to, the, to the extent where when I was watching with my wife and I was, we were both, we were a little taken aback that like one family is regarded as kind of like not really yeah. <laughs> like good enough for their daughter to marry Devdas. It's like, oh man, that house is amazing. Yeah. How can that, you know, <laughs> they live literally a stone's throw away in the same neighborhood <laughs> in an equally opulent house. But yeah, they're much more lower class. She does break her bed at one point. So yeah. That's yeah, something. she complains that the house is falling apart. Yeah. No, it, they say it's leaking, but we never actually see yeah. that the roof is leaking. It looks like a gorgeous place to live. Yeah. I have to say, I am really excited about this partly because... These are two of our favorite directors working on Hollywood. Oh, okay. Um, so this is feels like a real kind of competition for me. Like, you know, well, yeah. whose aesthetic is going to win out this time? Yeah, because we've done episodes focusing on Sanjay Leila Bansali mm-hmm. and Anya Kashyap, both of which we, I think we watched three movies by both in each mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So now we get to see who's the winner. Oh, who wins in a lowdown street <laughs> fight? The ultimate <laughs> yeah. uh, decision of who's the better filmmaker. Yeah. yeah, whoever loses will never speak of again. Okay. Okay. Oh boy. <laughs> I, I, no, I mean, I don't think that we'll be able to do that. But yeah, I'll hear. As soon as one of them releases a movie, we'll talk about. It. Oh, well, we we've talked about almost every Sanjay Leela Bansala movie. Yeah, almost. Yeah. There's only. Um, We've seen all of them but one now. Yeah. We've never talked about Solaria, um, and we've never really. Well, that was in the long. mysterious hidden episode <laughs> that uh, we'll never hear yes. the air. So, yeah. yeah. But and and we've seen most of Andrew Kashyap's films at this point too. There's about two or three we still have to see. Yeah. Um, but before we get to Devdas, Paul, we're curious about what experiences you've had with. Indian cinema and specifically Bollywood before this assignment to watch oh, these films. Uh, it's pretty limited, yeah. so I, I really this is this is kind of like a I feel I feel like a lot of trepidation going on this podcast because I know um, so little about about Bollywood cinema. So really, I, I I've seen just a tiny handful of them, basically on your recommendation, and probably more on the like pop mm-hmm. end of the scale. Mm-hmm. So something like, like Om Shanti Om or, uh, gosh, I'd like the, uh, do movies, Gunde. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, and we did an episode on Gajini. Go, uh, yes, that's right. That's, movie. we did yeah. do a Bollywood movie. The, the, we, we pitted against Memento. It's like mm-hmm. a, basically a Bollywood riff on <laughs> Memento. Right. Uh, and that, that was, that was a fun episode. So yeah. it's real. I am real. My, I, I mean, I haven't even seen, I've seen like one Sakajit Ray movie, uh, it's, you know, it's a pretty, it's pretty dire. So I, I'm, you know, I, I don't really know like the careers even of, mm-hmm. you know, Shahrukh Khan of, 
Ashwarya Rai. Am I even saying Ashwarya Rai correctly? I think so. Yeah. Um, we don't even say yeah, the names correctly. We're not the experts on saying yeah. things correctly, as our listeners will tell us <laughs> yeah. uh, often. Uh, so I'm coming in as a curious total dilettante. But uh, you've liked what you've seen. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's, and I, I I do want to see more. And 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 what I'm saying, I guess the I mean it's the qualities everyone talks about that they like about Bollywood movies is I think they they still run on you know, like uh, at least those sort of commercial ones they run on like concentrated star power. Yeah. And there's just like a spirit of fun and entertainment and like giving the audience their money's worth that is yeah. you know uh, super appealing. And kind of a, a love for cinema itself, I've yeah. found. Especially in something like Om Shanti Om. It's yeah. Like, oh God. yeah. You know, they love movies so much. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. such a huge part of the, uh, yeah. the cultural cachet of the nation. Yeah, I think I, on one of the podcasts I mentioned I had seen it, and you were yeah. wondering how that movie would play to someone like me who doesn't know, you know, hasn't seen a lot of Bollywood movies. That's a movie that is... All that drawing, making all sorts of kind of meta jokes mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. Uh, the Bollywood movie making system. It has all these cameos from Bollywood stars, and I think that, that movie, at least for me, it totally played. Like, you know, the central story and the the, yeah. the, the the actors are so appealing that I was aware that, oh, I bet that that is an in-joke. I bet that that is a famous person who comes in for their yeah. one line that is, like, spoofing their, yeah. you know, their whole, their career, their star persona or whatever. Um, so I didn't get the joke, but I got kind of the spirit that it's yeah. all made in and that, you know, that crazy musical number that goes on and on <laughs> with just one guest star after another who enters yeah. the room that just goes on, for, like, for... Eight nine minutes. Uh, we can't even you know, name I, all those. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who those people are, but yeah. I get the joke of just like it is just pouring on yeah. one star, you know, after another. It's like I don't know the Anchorman fight. Well, <laughs> yeah, Anchorman. that's exactly or, what it is. Or I'm thinking like you're a big Altman fan. It's almost like yeah. seeing the player. I guess not yeah, really knowing yeah. a lot about Hollywood movies. Yeah, but a and but like in a celebratory yeah. <laughs> mode rather than a you know kind of a a more sour mode than, than exactly. the player is. So. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at, and so this assignment, I was I was I was you know welcoming this assignment just to get you know uh, a couple of big Bollywood movies under my belt. So you said uh, your wife watched uh, DevDoss with you. Did she yes. watch DevD too? She started. She just wasn't into. Yeah. I don't think she was in the mood for another long uh, yeah. subtitled movie. Did she like it? Did she like DevDoss? I saw her today. I should have asked. Uh, yeah, yeah, she liked DevDoss. Oh, nice. Uh, she found it. She found it a little long. She found it kind of like I also in, that, find it a little in that Bollywood. You know, it's a three. It's a as Bollywood movies are. It's three hours, so she found it a little bit like you know, like long scenes, maybe belaboring a very simple point. But mm-hmm. uh, but I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Like it felt very theatrical to me. Like yeah. not just in the sense of mm-hmm. having like big performances and colorful costumes and sets, but just. I don't know, just the exposition, it, feel, it felt like it was li- almost lifted from a stage play. Of yeah. that, that way that, you know, the pacing of a play is more, like, the scene will play out longer. Even just that opening where you have, like, ten minutes of a lot of characters talking excitedly about the main character <laughs> yeah, before he home. actually yeah. appears, you know? Yeah. It is kind of Shakespearean, yeah. yeah. Bunch of hangers-on, just excited that someone is going to show up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but did you want to, you know... Tell everyone about kind of the backstory of the the book. Sure, yeah. So, um, Devdas is a novella written by. I'm going to attempt this name. I, I uh, already did it. So, Sarat you, you know. Chandra 
Chateau Pattier? Chateau Pattier, thank you. Yeah. Um, he wrote it in about 1901, 1902 when he was 17, but it wasn't published until 1917. Uh-huh. Uh, he was a Bengali writer. And I think when you watch Dev Das, it's important to remember a 17-year-old wrote yeah. this because there's yeah. something that is kind of inherently juvenile about the story and its hang-ups. Mm-hmm. I think just as the way it presents masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> or being seems, in love with someone or being yeah. an alcoholic. Like, it is very much like a younger person's think of, uh, a younger person's take on what that might look like. Mm-hmm. Pledging one's eternal love or just drinking wine and then immediately getting a <laughs> consumption. <laughs> immediately, yes. Um, it's been officially adapted to the screen uh, dozens of times in many different languages. Um, the two most important kind of pre-Bensali versions are one from 1936 by P.C. Barua. Um, Bill Roy was actually the cinematographer on this one. Um, this is a, a sound film. And then Bill Roy himself in 1955. Now, I have to uh, fix a gaffe I made Many, many, many podcasts ago Uh-oh. where I said it was Sajid Ray who directed the 1955 version. I was mixing up my 1950s social realist Bengali filmmakers. That's it a was rookie Bill mistake. Roy. Rookie yes. mistake, Fraser. Um, I haven't seen this film. It starred Dilip Kumar, but it is kind of easily it's the accessible. One, it's yeah. the canonical one. And, and I, think it's on Def- I think it's on Netflix, is it not? Or it was at one point. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that. I, I didn't see it there, but I know it is readily available. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it. I've seen some other Bill Roy films. The one that I can never remember the name of is um, Do Bigga Zaman, mm-hmm. which means uh, Two Acres of Land, which is a film that he made previously to his version of Dev Das. Um, and Bill Roy was very much inspired by De Sica, and his films kind of have a very social realist lens, mm. you know, that, that kind of... Um, Shot composition, as well as kind of uh, not just the aesthetics, but also the the narratives about kind of common people and mm-hmm. uh, wanting to expose things. But they also mm. included some singing and dancing. Huh. Certainly not the spectacle that we see with Bansali. Mm-hmm. And so I was going to say, so is the so is Dev D kind of more true to the spirit of the book then, maybe? Or I don't think so because Dev D makes a lot of changes to the narrative. Mm. Um, I get the impression... Especially the ending. I was actually kind yeah. of shocked. Yeah. But yeah. I liked it. Yeah, I get that. Because, um, and we'll get to this, but in Dev D, it's not so much the parents keeping them apart. Yeah. Whereas in the original novel and in Bill Roy's version, it very much is the parents yeah. still yeah. keeping them apart and that kind of class structure. Also, Dev D transplants the story into Punjab, um, whereas the story was initially set in uh, Bengal. Um, and so... Dev Das goes off to study in Calcutta, not in London. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the Bill Roy version. I've seen some clips of it, um, but <laughs> two two versions of Dev Das was already <laughs> enough to discuss for this podcast. Um, so Sanjay Leela Pansali's film is actually dedicated to uh, these three people, and so mm-hmm. he's very much aware of this tradition. And I assume that most audiences in India and Indians outside of India already knew this story coming in. I think it's a so, fairly well-known tale. Yeah, and so it's it's a bit like The Great Gatsby. Yeah, yeah. You know, or Gone with the Wind, or Hamlet. It's very Hamlet-esque, kind yeah. of, again, in this, this kind of um, male ego contemplating mm-hmm. <laughs> life, love, and existence. 
Um, so that that leads us to uh, to the Bunsali film, which came out in two thousand and two. And who would like to describe the plot of this one? Matt. Well, Matt. I could I could take care of that. So. Uh, as Paul alluded to, the movie starts with a lot of hangers-on and um, followers at the house that, that Devdas lives in, being very excited that their their boy is coming back home. He's been in London for ten years studying. He left when he was like ten, maybe? From what I read, it's really notable that in Bansali's version of Devdas, he doesn't show them as children. I guess previously a lot of them had like opened with oh, yeah. scenes oh, yeah. with child actors. We to do kind see Paro later on as a child. Yeah, barely. Yeah. To kind of set up their relationship. And Vansali just kind of assumes this is a given. <laughs> and Cash App uh, makes it about as vulgar as he possibly can yeah. <laughs> with his version. But anyway, Deb Joss uh, comes home from schooling in England and uh, comes back to a family that loves him but is also kind of stern towards him. His father very stentorian person and he's uh come back to meet paro his childhood love kind of um it's unclear is as to whether or not he's in love with her especially in dev d but in dev Joss, it's it seems like you know paro's definitely in love with him yeah, yeah. but maybe I not think, him. yeah he's like a guy like he's he's a little more callow like yeah. he just he doesn't do he doesn't. He, well, she literally like keeps the flame alive, yes. right, for him, and yeah. and he's a little bit more like loves her, but sort of doesn't really communicate with her while yeah. he's overseas. Right? Or maybe like he always had her in his back pocket. Like, yeah. yeah. If I if I can't find a girl of my social standing, well, there's always the the girl who lives next door. And he comes back with a very kind of like a modern chip on his shoulder. He's yeah. dressing modernly and he's yeah. smoking and kind of seems like. Like he feels like he's above all of this, and he does, re- you know, revert back to Indian clothing as the movie goes on. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, he, I don't think he smokes after a while too. He does drink a lot though. <laughs> yes. Um, and speaking of drinking, um, <laughs> uh, Devdas kind of screws up his relationship with Paro, his presumptive relationship that he never really acted upon, and uh, there is a schism between the two families where. In order to prevent this match from happening, his mother mm-hmm. and his father um, try to set Paro up with a you know another person to get this off the table, get Devdas married to someone of equal social rank, mm-hmm. even though their houses both look amazing, Paro's <laughs> family is of a lower social caste. So I can explain this somewhat. Yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of subtleties, I think, here that I wasn't yeah. entirely picking up on of... Uh, with with Paro's mother mm-hmm. and this business about the the like the bride price is a big yes. deal, right? So I was reading synopsis synopses of the original novella, and from what I understand, Paro's family—they're uh, still Brahmins, they're both Brahmins—but they are from a slightly lower social caste. And instead of sending dowry when their daughters are married off. They accept dowry, so they do the reverse. Mm-hmm. So they're selling their daughters, their bride sellers. Um, whereas Devdas, being from a higher social class, they would be expected to be receiving dowry with any bride mm-hmm. that he marries. Mm-hmm. And so this kind of is a very strong rift, and most um, most kind of social groups in India would be receiving dowry. I think that's how we traditionally understand it. Yeah. But this is the reverse, and this is kind of like a very big deal for them because you know i mean it's yeah it's in the 1910s when the idea of dowry was still commonly practiced and i think it is still practiced it's like one more piece of evidence that this girl is not 
Exactly. Uh, good enough for she, yeah. there's, there's a bit of a exactly. taint on her. And then there's all then the, the fact that the mother was what a, a she was a dancer, dancer yeah. actress, and that's you know think, think Elizabethan times where yeah, being an actress yeah. is you know next step yeah. to being a Chandra Mookie. And that seems to be a spin that Bensali has put on the tail. So that whole her having to dance for them right uh, is, is inspired by a nightmare his mother used to have. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> Which I mean we're getting ahead of ourselves, but that is just such a cruel scene. It that is, is very like, cruel. So much more cruel. That is necessary. The way that they yeah. set up that poor woman, I think that's like the best scene in the movie. Both yeah. the, the cruelty of that, and then the mother's like she has a really mm-hmm. big dramatic speech that she gives when she yeah. learns that her daughter Paro is not going to be with Deb Das after all. Yeah, and yeah. that's Kieran Kerr, who is a fantastic actress, and I don't think it's enough work because she's an older woman. Yeah, but she's fantastic. So Deb Das's family, his father is soon to be knighted. Because this is during the Raj. Mm-hmm. And I don't think his father is a Zamindar, but he is certainly wealthy. But Paro is married off to a Zamindar who's even more wealthy. Yeah. yeah. A Zamindar being like a, almost like an earl. That's Paro's mm-hmm. mother's revenge. Yeah, she says, right. if you won't take our daughter, I'm going to find someone who's even more wealthy than you yeah. and she will have a higher social right. standing. And I don't, mean, I don't mean to bog down the synopsis, but I guess that was, that was one plot development that I'm not quite sure... I understood. Like, I understood what was happening, but I guess I didn't quite get why if Devdas's family thought that Paro wasn't good enough for her, how did this mother pull off this marriage to somebody of an even more yeah. spectacularly high class? I mean, it's sort of set up that the guy is not really looking for a wife. He's, yeah. looking, he's, he's a widower, and he's kind of looking more for a, like... Someone to, like a woman to run the house, a maid, yeah. basically, yeah, or a, yeah. a nanny. It, it we don't really know. Yeah. Um, it it does seem sort of like Paro's natural beauty and smarts were, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of interest to this guy who essentially wants a house manager, yeah. Yeah. and who doesn't and who doesn't want more children, mm-hmm. whereas other you know equally impressive people would probably want their bloodline to continue. Mm-hmm. But So yeah. how does Devdas react to all this, Matt? So Paro gets married what off to a fabulously he, wealthy person. What does he do person. before she gets married off? Uh, Devdas <laughs> reacts about as well as your average 17-year-old might do by writing a mean letter and then, to Paro and then... Uh, hitting her in the head. And then hitting her in the head with some jewels. <laughs> and yeah. scarring her with his love. Apparently in the book it's a fishing rod. But still, like, yeah. he, he reacts by beating her. Yeah, so she gets a Thank sympathetic well, a great not romantic to, not, to, not to excuse what he does. I mean, beating her... Well, I mean, It's pretty cold. He, he just yes, like, it's, it's, it is, it is, it is it's a shocking moment. <laughs> yeah. It's not a cool thing at all for a guy to do, but it's... Yeah. it's 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 one blow. Yeah. It's not a like sustained hail of fists <laughs> upon her. It's true. Uh, again, not excusing it. Not <laughs> he could have done worse. I'll give him that much. But I this think is a in certain... that moment I've decided. Oh, I he's not the hero. Yeah. <laughs> there is no hero in this story. Well, it, it's a sort of sympathetic wound too, because yeah. it, it, yeah. it sort of weeps when Devdas is in I trouble think, too. I think it works as like a great symbol. I am really. Yeah. I, I, I think this movie like kind of exists above. Any kind of moral judgments, yeah. you know? I think just as a thing that, like, you know, he, like this terrible love, you know, she she bears the mark yeah. of of Devdas upon her forever, right? I think yeah. it's I think it's really fantastic. It's like this kind, of, you know, just you know, it's sort of like 
before she was tending this flame mm-hmm. of his, and now you know now this is like a more terrible, like permanent. She's still tending that you know, flame. Yeah, too. Mark she keeps her burning the whole time. Yeah, she never falls out of love with him. But, yeah. Okay, Matt, you can finish it, up it's, the plot. It's, it's <laughs> almost like it's it's almost like a in the shape of a moon too, and she's mm-hmm. often referred to as being the moon. Yeah. Right. The, what I like about this movie a lot is even with the English translation, it does read almost like poetry yeah. rather right. than yeah. you know actual speech. Oh, but anyway, uh, Debda screws off to a city where he... To Calcutta. To Calcutta, where he hooks up with uh, Jackie Shroff. Awesome <laughs> Jackie Shroff. Love that guy. Uh, they drink a lot, and, she, and he ends up in the arms of a lady of the evening, Chandra Mookie, and her <laughs> amazingly gaudy, wonderful <laughs> uh, brothel, yeah. which... Is in my one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is that everyone keeps referring to this as some hell that they get to rescue Deptos from. It is the and most nice luxurious and, place. I have never yeah. stayed in a place as luxurious as that yeah. brothel. It's the nicest building in the entire world. I'll just say that. It's, it's, it's fantastic. There's a river. It's like, it's great. And they apparently blew the budget for this film within days just building the set. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Because this is all it. on set. Totally worth it. Yeah, totally worth Bonsali it. Bonsali always works entirely on sound stages, so this uh-huh. is all like. Not made, not real. Yeah, after Hamdeh, Hamdeh to Chuke Saddam, because that one actually goes to what is it like the Czech Republic, and they pretend it's Italy. Yeah, then he decides he, to work. He learned, his, on le- he learned his lesson on that one because of so many signs in Czech, and it's like <laughs> we're in Italy now. Or maybe it's Hungary. Oh, it's Hungary. Yeah, Hungary. Uh, but anyway, he uh, kind of devolves into alcoholism. Mm-hmm. There's some um, manipulations with his sister-in-law, who's a huge bitch that actually started the whole problem. Yeah. And I yeah, like her too. Yeah, she's she's good. Um, and yeah, he before uh, Para leaves, he makes a pledge to her that he will arrive at her house before he dies. And boy, does he ever! <laughs> yeah. He in the grip of uh, consumption and you know a great movie coughing disease <laughs> with blood. I'm assuming it's tuberculosis, but like you know, it, it's that sort of disease you get. Yeah. He does die on her like doorstep. Love sickness. Yeah. <laughs> he dies on her doorstep, a broken, dejected human being, and completely uh, screws over Shandermukli in the process, who liked him as mm-hmm. he was. And mm-hmm. she's unable to so Paro is unable to kind of have a last moment with her because she's been forbidden from leaving the house. Yeah, they close the door. Closing the gates. And when I first saw this film, that shocked me because I was expecting a kind of like Baz Luhrmann ending. Speaking of Baz Luhrmann, Sanjay Lila Bansali is the filmmaker that Baz Luhrmann wants to be. Uh Um, But I was expecting sort of of like Baz Luhrmann rewrite of like them having a moment, like a last moment together. So no. Oh, it's good. It's really good. No, it's, and so it's devastating. Yeah, well, I even, even worth it. I was expecting like when he, like halfway through the movie when he uh, spurns Paro and goes out, I was thinking, boy, what is... How is this movie going to contrive the two of them yeah. to be together again at the end? That's really like hard to forgive. Like, how, mm-hmm. what is he going to do to redeem himself? And no, he doesn't. He just sinks into yeah. total degeneracy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, <laughs> it did not go where I was expecting it to. So, what did you think of the movie in general? Oh, I thought it was fantastic. I oh, thought good. this was like a giant slab of entertainment. I, I thought it was just yeah, you know, it's gorgeous to look at. Oh yeah, uh, the sets are gorgeous, the costumes are gorgeous, the actors are super gorgeous. Um, Well, Ashwarya Rai is often considered the the most most beautiful beautiful woman in the world. world. Um, I mean, Madhuri Dixit's also like... She's, she's, uh, yeah. yeah, uh, I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating chapati. Exactly. You know, she's, 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 she's nice. Was this, was this now, this was, Fairly early on in Ashwarya Rai's career, was this yeah. like the movie that made her a star? Was she a star already? I mean, she was already a star. She'd been in Home Del 
I'm Dale Dechuke Sana. Thank you. That title just doesn't roll off the tongue. Um, and, and some other films be- before this. But this was the film that really cemented her stardom. Okay. And Madhuri Dixit was a huge star when this uh, came out. She's known for being one of the... That's why she's right. higher yeah, ranked. That's, I noticed yeah. that I was yeah. kind of like, uh, uh, you know, this character that doesn't appear until Much halfway through fairly, fairly, yeah. fairly late yeah. in the film. So yeah, I thought I thought it was fantastic. I really liked how um, how big it was. I liked I liked that it was that it was almost like anti psychological. I kind mm-hmm. of liked how like the characters have uh, very simple reasons for yeah. what they do or they're just or you know like that scheming sister in law who is just <laughs> I, mean, I, guess, I guess she gets like a little bit of motivation but there's something just very elemental about it yeah. Yeah. and I kind of I thought it was really fascinating just the relationship I guess it, it's also the most interesting part of Dev D I think is the interesting is the relationship between Dev Das and Chandra mm-hmm. who where he is he is not a good man he's not an honorable man he's, he's an asshole he's a jerk yeah he's he just she, breaks everything in her house yeah. but she there's something like that. here's this one who yeah, like you say accepts him as he is yeah. and who is maybe like she, you know, she's not. It's not like she's she quits her job. sweetheart, yeah, or anything. It's not like they have this lifelong, yeah. you know, bond or whatever. But they are like he kind of is in his right element without really realizing it. Yeah, that's and the so ultimate tragedy. Yeah, there's something about like the tragedy of him not knowing himself that yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that ultimately does him in. So I thought I, I just I think this movie just works. Like gangbusters, the the musical mm-hmm. numbers are all oh all have great like they're they're they're, they're the, the, I like the music and they, all the numbers have like a really fun concept to them you yeah. know just like you know whether it's a big dance without blowing out the candle or I love yeah. that one. her you know doing lots of crazy balancing acts <laughs> in the <laughs> garden uh, yeah you know like they all they all have a nice premise to yeah. them I, I I think it's it was just. Super entertaining. The three hours really flew by. Uh, yeah, and it looks beautiful. Like I, you know, yeah. The, the version you're tell the story now. Right? The version I saw was like as crisp as can oh, be. God. It was like just mm-hmm. you know sumptuous to look at. Uh, yeah, the first time we saw this film, we went to a friend of ours' place, and she has like piles of Bollywood DVDs. That, you know, her dad bought in spice markets, kind of either here in Edmonton or in India, and we started watching it and. I was a little frustrated because the picture was just very black, and it was uh, clearly a, a bootleg. Um, and she'd just grown up watching bootleg Bollywood DVDs because that was the only way you could see them. And when she came over to our place and we could watch Kabi Kushi Kabi Gam, we put it on on uh, iTunes, her jaw dropped. She couldn't believe how good it looked. Yeah. So I was really glad this time around uh, to watch a like really good-looking version of this film because this is one of the most beautiful films I've ever yeah. seen. The cinematography in this movie is resplendent. Mm-hmm. I like it's just it's like so those- sumptuous and that's one of the things I love about Bensali is he is a filmmaker who just really wants to turn you on with how good yeah. movies can look even just like <laughs> those, those shots of like the houses at night from outside with like yeah. all of the windows lit up and uh, it's I, I don't think I've ever seen like just an exterior like just an exterior shot like an establishing yeah. shot of a house that looked that good yeah, all the money's on screen you yeah. can tell and there's something to be said for like watching, like sitting down and spending three hours with a really good looking movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then he kind of supports all of that with this really kind of fascinating but melodramatic narrative that I think really holds up and you really kind of get invested in. And these performances from these three main actors, as well as a lot of the secondary actors, I yeah. think, like really drive this thing forward. It's very 
emotional and it mm-hmm. works on that kind of emotional logic. It's elemental. A lot of, yes. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. A lot of Bollywood films are like this. And this is kind of like, I think this is peak Bollywood. Like, yeah, this, this is, is kind of, of yeah. I say like, uh, you know, when you were saying like, what's my experience with Bollywood? I think like, this is kind of the thing that I think of when I think right. of like, you know, in my know nothing way of like, what's a Bollywood movie got? And this has got the, like the color and the big emotions and mm-hmm. the lavish musical numbers and, you know, big stars. Like this is, this is kind of like the the quint the quintessence. Of, yeah. yeah, this is what you signed um, yeah, up for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, and there's something at the same time. It's so interesting because like it is that main character is such a <laughs> like he he's he does some of the unforgivable things. Like yeah. he's not really heroic, and he's, that's a really non Bollywood thing. About exactly. This yeah. Film. Yeah. He's for a you know a hero of Indian letters. It's interesting that he's such a dick. <laughs> Yeah. And completely irredeemable, I would say. Yeah, for Which what I it don't, does. I don't dislike. Like, I don't have a problem with watching a film where I, you know, find the central character abhorrent. Like, that's not an issue because I think. Yeah. I mean, he's charming. Beyond the same time, he does like have this. like that. Kind of, yeah. yeah, it is. It's not like yeah, he's not like an outsized villain or anything. He's just yeah. got the. He's just got that kind of short sightedness. He's under the thumb of his father, yeah. and yeah, you know, all of that. I. Uh, and, oh, father issues. That's very bold. And Shri Khan just, I mean, maybe it's just because Shri Khan is such a big strapping guy, he kind of projects a kind of movie star mm-hmm. strength, even if he's playing like a, a weak character. Like, yeah. he seems like he's, you know, like he's not like, like what is, like what is this small, pathetic guy doing at the center of a big movie? Like, he kind of yeah. pulls the screen. I, I don't think I've ever seen like the lead actor in a movie cry as much. As Shahrukh Khan cries in this movie, I think he yeah. is like his eyes are red or full of tears in practically every scene. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a very Bollywood film. Like men are allowed to be these big strapping heroes. They're allowed to like punch the bad guys, but they're sensitive. Yeah, like yeah. I think the. Well, I think it probably comes from this character. Mm. Yeah, and all all the Khans are like that. Like Salman Khan, Amir yeah. Khan, and Shahrukh Khan. They all like will have this kind of this big macho presence. And yet they're crying. And yeah, it reminds. I like listening to a lot of like old uh, soul music and R and B music mm. in the sixties and seventies. It always strikes me just how how like common it is, and how like yeah, you know, like for those song, for the male singers to just talk about crying, like they yeah. just talk so yeah. openly about their you know devastated emotional state that. Um, I kind of miss that. Like, there's mm-hmm. kind of an emotion, just that emotional openness. It reminded me of a little bit of what you get in Khan's performance. Well, here. even, you know, 30s, 40s Hollywood, you would mm. get that in A Leading Man. It would just be, you know, he would be emotional. Yeah. On the waterfront, I yeah. always think of... Um, Brando, yeah. Of Brando. Like, Brando was a macho actor who was had a lot of access to his emotions, mm-hmm. at least mm-hmm. at his peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always think of him like crying and on the waterfront and how that doesn't take away from the machismo of the masculinity that yeah. he has. Yeah. I think my favorite part is when he's uh, arguing a case. We're not even sure he went, what he went to school for. <laughs> he's he, he he like a lawyer. I think he is a lawyer. Yeah. But when yeah. he's, he's walking down a... Uh, I object. That's yeah, your yes. favorite scene? That, that's, that's hilarious. Oh. He, yeah. He's <laughs> arguing the case for his own existence, basically, mm-hmm. and oh. being the judge and the lawyer of himself. I think I that's like my it. favorite Shahrukh scene. Oh, that's uh, your favorite Shahrukh yeah. scene. I think, I think one of my favorite scenes. I, I agree with you about the the Paro's mother's dance. Like that's that's yeah. a really intense scene. And I think it's really well done. I really like when um, Paro, after she's married, comes back to Devdas after his father's died and is trying to convince him to like quit the drink. And I just think 
you know, like the emotional <laughs> register in that scene is super high. Like it's very yeah. melodramatic. And I think like Ashwarya Rai and Shah Rukh Khan are like really given it. Mm-hmm. Um, but my favorite dance sequence is obviously Dola Ray Dola. And Matt, I have a quick question for you. Sure. Dola Ray Dola or Pinga? Oh, Pinga, for sure. Really? I mean, wow. this one is awesome. The but internet I, is not on your side. Yeah, I think I like the um, the very antique, you know, 17th century or whatever it is, dance style in Pinga from the movie Bajra Mastani. Which is the amazing. La- the latest uh, Sa- Sajay Lina Basali film. And it's amazing. Yeah, if you like this one, you <laughs> yeah. should watch that next. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, I mean, that dance scene is pretty great. I think I just like the song Pinga better. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I think as, as far as, like, the spectacle and the dancing, I would say Dola Ray Dola. Okay, I have a, another question for you. So, this film uh, premiered at Cannes in mm. 2002. It was played out of competition. It was Aswarya Rai's first cons. She's become a bit of a fixture. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that sense has been very much an ambassador for Bollywood and Indian cinema in kind of the world cinema scene. Um, but the festival director received a backlash from the committee for selecting it because it is so commercial. Now, within the context of trying to find a trash art divide, I think we're saying this is the trash... Which still feels uncomfortable because I it think... It could be either or. This is I think one. Bansali is like clearly a master filmmaker. So I'm curious on what you a, think yeah. of... I guess would he be the equivalent of someone like like a Douglas Sirk maybe? Oh, yeah. Without, without, without the subversive element of Sirk? Like just that kind of, you know, perfect image... Uh, well, is this? Would you call this a woman's picture? I don't know. It's uh, I don't know if that's quite. I think Deb D is more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it definitely focuses more on, especially Shanda's background, that yeah. kind of thing. But, but I guess, a woman's but that kind picture, of thing, like, just sort of like a high style. Yeah. Where like doing a doing you know kind of a soap opera style mm-hmm. uh, story with you know kind of sumptuous mm-hmm. visuals. Uh, you know, so you know, just so that's good. I think it rises to the level of art. It kind of transcends, and there's exactly. and there's also something just kind of I don't know. I don't think I like that idea that this is because it's in a kind of popular mm-hmm. idiom that it's not worthy of can or something. Because the Indian films that tend to kind of um, break the barrier and end up in kind of art houses because that's the only place mm-hmm. where anyone will go see a film that has subtitles in North America tend to be more kind of clear art house films. Yeah, they tend yeah. to be kind of your uh, your Tilly. monsoon weddings. Oh, Tilly. Um, the lunchbox. They're sure. more kind of like slice of life indie style pictures. Uh-huh. But from my perspective, a film like Devdas totally deserves oh, yeah. a place on I, the world stage. For sure. You know, like, yes, it's spectacle. Yeah. yeah. But it's I mean, I think so of, uh, well done. I think of something like, I mean, I mean, I guess I haven't seen this movie, so I'm judging, but like, why is this any different from something like, like you know, Indochino, Indochine, that movie yeah. with oh, Catherine yeah. Deneuve that I believe was like a big Cannes movie? Yeah. That was, it's because it's in French. Yeah, yeah. but it, that's also just sort of a big sweeping Gone with the exactly. Wind style. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it seems to or, me that that's uh, kind of operating in the same zone as Yeah, I Dead have Dots, seen Indochino right? and I Well, we, I watched, we watched it in high school French class. Yeah, we did. What about the Cyrano de Bergerac adaptation sure. with uh, yeah. Gerard Depperger? Like, that sort of historical epic, yeah. that'll, that'll play. Well, there's something about, like, the French... Which also has the kind of very stylized yeah. um, subtitles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, it's, you know, it feels like it's in a theatrical yeah. mode. Well, there's something about the French language that signals, like, class... Yeah, uh, like a certain kind of like classy, 
Yeah. Especially when it comes to movies. And then, you know, when it comes to Indian cinema, the tradition, at least in your world cinema thing mm-hmm. has been more of your Satyat Ray, more of right. your social realism, and then but again, isn't like, part of what's so, like, great about it, something like Devdas is that it is totally, like, playing to... Exactly! Yeah. You, just, I just, you just feel it playing in, like, a huge movie theater with, yeah. you know, with, with, you know, I don't know, like, a thousand people in the yeah. theater, every, and everyone reacting to the emotions in mm-hmm. the well, same way, right? I mean, this like, has the emotional register of Bong Joon-ho or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like, or Park Chan-wook. Just like the Korean directors who are pitched extremely high in the emotional scale mm. and also have or wonderful Ang Lee. visuals. Or Ang Lee, yeah. 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 Like this, Ang Lee's a very good choice, I <laughs> think, actually. Or Baz Luhrmann again. Or Baz Luhrmann. Yeah. 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 But it, it playing to the cheap seats doesn't necessarily make you not art, I don't think. Right. Exactly. I, I, and I feel like I the, agree. the Cannes F- Festival director should probably. <laughs> Expand, oh, expand their horizons. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah. The, the other people at Cannes should probably expand their horizons yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Just because it comes from a populist film industry doesn't make it necessarily, yeah. you know, only a work of popular entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he stood up for the decision. He said, you know, I really loved the movie. Yeah. And, you know, subsequently there have been some other Bollywood films that have played at Cannes. Um, Sar- Sarjeet, mm-hmm. I might be getting that name wrong, uh, Ashwarya Rai's most recent film with Randy Puda. Um, but that's much more of a, you know... Here's a sad story happening to normal people. Yeah, but this it's, is it's still very that song and dancing thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it did get some recognition on the world stage. It was uh, India's submission for the best foreign language Oscar that year? And while it wasn't nominated at the Oscars, it was nominated at the Baftas. Hmm. Um, so it got a nomination for best foreign language film at the Baftas. It didn't win. It also won ten Filmfare awards. Unsurprisingly, in, in the Filmfare awards, love Sanjay Leela Bansali as they should. He's phenomenal. Um, take a drink, <laughs> including best film, best director, best actor, best actress, and best supporting actress. Oh, nice. And it won five national film awards. I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's a, here's a question. Uh, as I was just kind of like puttering around the internet, kind of looking for, you know, information, context about this movie, uh, reminded me all over again of just sort of like some of the weirdness of press coverage of Indian cinema where, oh, yeah. where I get this is I guess like the the 14th anniversary of this film <laughs> yeah we gotta and celebrate this 14 years I saw years. multiple like, well two at least two news stories that were picked to just like Shah Rukh Khan tweeted yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, he sent a tweet about Devdas yeah and that's a story that is a story <laughs> that's totally a story it's yeah. still um, the Bollywood industry is very star based in kind of a way that we understand classical Hollywood, although there's less kind of like studio contracts, there still are some. And so, like, there's the kind of entertainment news really is kind of fed <laughs> well, by stardom. Basically, and like, whatever yeah, stars say on Twitter. Yeah, I guess that just seems like the thinnest pretext yeah. for a news story that I could imagine. Basically, yeah. anything he says on Twitter. Like, that is, controversial is a statement about DevDoss. Like, just a, you know, just yeah. kind of a. Yeah, it was great to work on this movie. Like, it felt like he said anything controversial or yeah. revealed some secret about the movie or, I don't know, said that he secretly, you know, thinks it's his worst movie or, you know, some, some something scandalous like that. Just, yeah. You know? Well, well, speaking of people saying that this was their worst movie, we'll be talking about Dev D in a moment. Oh. Yes. But uh, before then, we're going to hear a song from Dev Das. And what is it, Aaron? We're going to play a song sample from Dola Redola, which is the song... Um, that plays when Paro invites Chandra Mookie to her home for the Dirge of Puja, and then they dance together. And this was a huge moment in Bollywood when these two iconic actresses 
you know, one who's kind of very established, very well respected, and this other up and coming actress got together and danced on screen, and it is epic. Did you like this dance sequence, oh, Paul? Of course, that's great. Yeah, it's it's amazing, and I would say this is um, the most iconic scene from the film, which is notable because it doesn't even feature the title character. That's True. the power that the women have. Yeah. Okay, and uh, we'll hear you. On, we'll we'll see you on the other side. Dola Ray Dola from the soundtrack to 2002's Debdas. But now we're talking about a different take on the same concept mm-hmm. by Anurag Kashyap, one of our favorite directors on the show, I'd say. Yes. Yeah, we love Kashyap. We love Benzali, too. Again, whoever wins this week, I'm still going to be talking about the other <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was just kind of uh, joking around. We can and still Kashyap's talk about in Canada right now. He's uh, showing Raman Raghav 2.0. At Fantasia. At Fantasia, yeah. Uh, but uh, when he was once asked what was the most overrated movie in the <laughs> Indian cinema sum total, he mentioned his own film, Dev D. This was recently in promotions for Raman Raghav 2.0. Yeah, they asked him a couple weeks ago. In North America, a couple weeks ago, it had it already had its North American release, even though it's also still playing in the film circuit. But it was only in Edmonton for like a week. I get the impression it didn't do very well. Yeah, but was, we was, saw it. I was glad we were able to catch it because yeah. while grimy and pretty morally reprehensible, uh, Ramaragav took a point out was awesome. Yeah, I'm super into it. I loved it. Anyway, Anurag <laughs> uh, Kashyap's Dev D features Abbe Diol as Dev, Mahi Gil as Para, and Kalki Kochlin who some of us may remember from Yejuani Hai Divani, one of the highest grossing films in Indian cinema mm-hmm. history, as, uh, as Lenny slash Shonda. Yeah, this was the debut for both Gil and Coachlin. And Coachlin has certainly gone on to be kind of a bit of a force to be reckoned with huh. in Indian cinema. Yeah, we, She we, picks a lot of interesting roles and does both mainstream Bollywood films and kind of more like Art house parallel cinema things. Yeah, we talked about her in our filmy pride episode because she played the uh, paralyzed young woman in Margarita with a Straw. She's not paralyzed; she has cerebral palsy. <laughs> cerebral palsy, yeah. yeah. But uh, and she was also married to Anya Kashyap, or had got married to him afterwards. After yeah, they movie? met um, during this film. Then they got married afterwards, and they made The Girl with the Yellow Boots, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the few Anya Kashyap films we haven't seen. But I know Ebert liked it, mm. and which she wrote. Mm. Yeah, that was a, very much a collaboration with the two of them. So the modern retelling of Devdas kind of starts a little bit you know, after Devdas, where Dev is already, apart from a small scene where they are texting and sending nudes uh-huh. <laughs> at the very beginning. And her like screen name is uh, Chamak Chalo, yeah. uh, which is also the name of a song from Rawan that I'm playing constantly around the house. And Chamak Chalo is slang for a very flashy girl. It can be used derogatory, but essentially means like girl who make whose jewels make a lot of noise when she walks. Yeah, <laughs> Rawan being uh, Paul, the movie where Shahrukh Khan plays a video game character who escapes into the real world to fight an evil video game character. It's Tron meets. Uh, 
virtuosity. Okay, that's, <laughs> not Tron needs pixels. But. No, I guess a little bit of pixels, but yeah. Uh, I like it a lot, but it's very dumb. Okay. The best part is this song, yeah. Chamak Chalot. See, now I'm, see, this is what I was worried about. Now I'm totally lost. Yeah. <laughs> and I've seen this movie. I've watched this movie. Yeah, uh, but uh, Dev, uh, after you know the opening title sequence, well, the opening title, title sequence shows him and Pyro as children, and mm-hmm. Dev Das being a shithead back then, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but he's returned his family's estates and is desperately trying to get into Pyro's pants. Um, kind of rebuffed a lot. Until she sort of, you know, figures, why not? We should go for this. Why, we can get away from my father. She's not entirely rebuffing him. Like, they're in the midst of... He's just of, not picking his moments correctly. Yeah, they're in the midst of a wedding, and she is like, I can't fuck you now. <laughs> like, I need to fuck you later, because right now I'm expected to, like, show up for this thing, and I can't be disheveled. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pyro's family in this version, her father seems to take care of the estates for Devdas's family. Yeah. yeah. Referred to as the landlord all the time, which is confusing because in Devdas, the <laughs> ruling family is considered landlords. Yeah. Because they are the owners uh, of land, which is very... Thank you, you know, for clearing that yeah. up, because that did confuse me yeah. between these two movies. So in Devdas, it's almost sort of like uh, he's like an earl or something who uh-huh. owns the land and owns the village and, you know, is very high up. Whereas in Devd, Paro's father is more like the guy who runs the... He's like the super of your building. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that... The... The social difference between them is a little clearer in in Dev yeah. D. Yeah, and we should say that Dev D is set in um, Punjab yeah. as opposed to the original kind of Bengali setting. Yeah, so um, Dev is chasing after Paro. Paro, you know, <laughs> figures a way that you know well, he's let's... chasing after Paro, but he also finds a girl that will sleep with him. So in he a goes chicken coop, straight for mm-hmm. it. <laughs> She's a real classy dame. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, while Pyro's making preparations for them to hook up in, I think, a cane field. She makes a nice little bed up there and everything. Uh, Dev hears that one of the workers on his farm has slept with her already and gets super mad about this. Yeah. And, um... This is a guy who loves Pyro and essentially wants to yeah, he's sabotage... Like, yeah, he shoots his mouth off. Exactly, yeah. the relationship. He's, he's oh, like she's the, spreading her legs for everybody. Yeah. And, yeah. What, you're the only one who yeah. hasn't had her yet? You were and Dev being yeah. a dick believes him. Yeah, Dev, <laughs> with no evidence to <laughs> support this claim whatsoever, <laughs> smashes a bottle over the guy's head and storms off. And yeah, um, disowns Paro from that point forward. Uh, Paro, yeah, this is really different in that it's not the parents keeping them apart, mm-hmm. but it's Dev's own kind of hubris. Yeah. It's his own ego. And there's actually a moment where... Powell's family tells her, like, well, they'll never agree to it because, you know, we work for him. And then later on, you see Dev Das's father. Sorry, Dev. He doesn't, his name's just Dev here. I think it's Devendra, isn't it? It's something. Yeah. Um, Dev's father say, we always thought we'd bring her into our family. So yeah, we all they really, really put this on, <laughs> on Dev. Like, he becomes a more reprehensible character here. Yeah. Uh, so, Paro marries, again, a rich widower with three kids. Uh, they're not as old in this one, and really, they're not an important part of the mm-hmm. story whatsoever. He's a lot nicer. He yeah. seems like a nicer guy than, yeah. than the guy in, in the original Yeah, it feels story. like she can be happy with this guy. Yeah. That's, yeah. And uh, he, he seems to really love her. Mm. And Dev gets apocalyptically drunk at her wedding. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes is him barfing at the wedding, yeah. and then also Nwazini uh, Siddiqui uh, playing Elvis, <laughs> singing a song. About how uh, terrible Dev's life is going to be from now on. <laughs> and this proves to be true. Uh, Dev uh, 
essentially divorces his own family at this point too, ticked at them mm-hmm. and moves into the city and gets into, into some pretty debauched shit. Um, he hooks up with a uh, Chuni who is equivalent to Jackie Shroff in uh, Dev Das. I don't know who played this version, but this guy's a pimp mm-hmm. who is running the place where Shanamuki works. And yeah, they do a lot of drugs. They drink a lot. And that is one third of the movie. That's the Paro third of the movie. The second third of the movie is Sh- uh, Shonda's story. Mm-hmm. And this is where Dev D really elaborates on the story because we hear the tragic backstory of uh, uh, Shonda, who yeah. was a student who implicated herself, well, who was implicated in a, uh, you know, a phone scandal by taking a sex tape with her boyfriend that got leaked. And yeah, yeah. this, uh, you know, uh, shamed her father so much that he killed herself, himself. And her mother was essentially trying to marry her off. Her life is actually pretty miserable, and she falls into being a prostitute and actually likes it. She has some control over her destiny. Yeah, she has, I think, one of the best prostitute experiences, maybe that that I've not seen in film, but certainly I don't believe that mm-hmm. <laughs> becoming a prostitute is as positive as an experience as it is here in the film. Her co-workers film. seem to like her a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, she seems she, protected. She's allowed to continue her studies. Yeah. But this whole... Um, gets a motorcycle? She gets a motorcycle. Yeah. This whole MMS sex scandal is based on a real occurrence where the girl's father actually did commit suicide. This mm-hmm. really happened. Yeah. Um, and that's, and, again, and how you can see Anurag Kashyap, you know, really pulling in, like, the truth of life in India into the film and wanting to expose that. And, and all the while, while she's working as a, as a prostitute, she's also continuing her study. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, she's, she's got, like, uh, she's got a brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she immediately gets the best room at the brothel. Yeah. Although it's kind of creepy with all the mannequins around. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be in that one. Uh, but yeah, that's her story. And then she meets Dev and actually falls in love with him. And what this movie does that Dev does, doesn't do that well, I think, is really show how well uh, Dev actually is blowing it each time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, not a, not everyone finds the love of their life once, but he finds it twice. Yeah. Because Shonda actually, like, really likes him. Like, their their relationship is the best part of the movie. And yeah. he fucks it up, as per usual. Mm-hmm. And then the last third of the movie is Dev D. Big chapter title, as artistic directors often like to do. Mm-hmm. And this shows the denouement of the film, which has a surprise ending, I'd say. Yeah, this is a different ending from Dev Das, where... Dev kind of does realize that he's been an ass and he's really kind of like let his life go out of control. And he does fall to a pretty... He falls hard. He does fall really hard. In another scene that is inspired by a true event in India um, where he <laughs> runs yeah. over a ton of people with his car while drunk. Um, and But he does realize that he's let kind of a good thing go and he reconnects with Shonda. And I, I do really like this ending. Um, maybe not kind of in the grand Dev like scheme, but as far as how it plays out in Dev D, I really appreciated that um, Shonda really got, in the end, like some justice. I really appreciated mm-hmm. that. Well, she gets a raw deal in Dev she does yeah. get a raw deal. She gets off, so I really like that. You deride her. I don't know if Dev is, you know, worth it. <laughs> but I, I do appreciate that this character, who I think we go, th- we see go through a really horrible thing, kind of gets a happy ending. That we're shown that um, just because you have been shamed, just because you know you have been. <sighs> Dishonored, like, mm-hmm. or you've been shown to be disreputable. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, uh, doesn't mean that you know you don't deserve happiness and love. It doesn't mean that your life is over. 
And so I, I appreciate that through line through the film. However, I did find this version of Dev Das to be a lot more immature. And I would say it is kind of the most immature of Cash Up's films. It's certainly the one I've um, of the ones we've seen. liked the least. Yeah. What did you think, Paul? I, I did not like this one as much as Dev Das. I'm... I'm uh, watching, I thought start you know the first third. I thought oh it, like the way that it was updating mm-hmm. a lot of the plot elements from Devdas. I thought were really interesting. Um, yeah, we should say that uh, he doesn't just become an alcoholic. He also does drugs, and there's a lot of very like Danny Boyle esque yeah, drug he, sequences. He, and Danny takes, Boyle himself actually showed Anirai Kashyap how to do this and like lent him cameras. And oh, stuff. like the tilt shift photography and yeah. the speed up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because uh, he's he thanks Danny Boyle at the. Uh, yeah. in front of the movie. Um, and maybe that's part of what I'm reacting to, is it, it does feel very Danny Boyle-inspired, and he's mm, director I don't really gravitate towards. Yeah, I, I found it, uh, I, I said to you before we start recording, just like this This feels more like something that was written by a 17-year-old than yeah. the, whatever, you know, than DevDoss does, uh, or at least the source material, you know, how yeah. close to the source material is. Uh, this, this feels like, as much as I think there's something interesting in the idea of, like, um, showing like okay, what is a like? Let's not show like this glossy brothel. Let's show like the realities. If you if the character is supposedly falling into mm-hmm. debauchery, let's actually show it. Let's not you know gloss it up. It still seems um, a little too nice, though. Yeah, I don't think it's very convincing. Uh, convincingly debauched, like the mm-hmm. as you say, like the life of Shen is not like she's. I mean, maybe this is true for some uh, prostitutes. And yeah, I have no idea. But it does feel like if part of the idea is to kind of like, you know, grit up, you know, make this a kind of gritty version of Dev Das, it still feels, I don't think I really bought it, that this really feels like reality. It still, Mm -hmm. it feels like a, yeah, like sort of a 17-year-old's idea of, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, with all of her crazy wigs and uh, and the costumes. And like, there's something just a little... I, I know. I know you say like he, you know, he kind of falls pretty hard, but I don't know if I really felt like it, this gets really. I don't know if this really gets its its hands. I don't dirty. think it's tragic. Yeah, it's not tragic like Dev does. It's it's kind of what he deserves. Right. It's. Really, I guess like this reminded. I, I, I saw like some people had the same comparison in mind, like that this was a sort of like a Gaspar Noé kind mm-hmm. of yeah. influenced movie, and and I just didn't feel like. It was quite as in touch with, you know, kind of gritty low life world as yeah. uh, as Gaspar Noé movies are. And I don't know, to be fair, I don't know how much he's how much he's able to get like that in it's the true. Indian yeah. film world. So he does. I wonder like the that, extent though. that uh, that he has to yeah. kind of signal things rather than show things. If that if that makes sense. So he sort of signals like I guess very early on in the movie when uh, you know like like Dev Das and Paro they're not writing to each other like he's convincing her to text him like new pictures of herself and, yeah. and you don't actually see any nudity in it but I wonder if that's just that's the kind of thing that is sort of a, a real eye opener yeah. to 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 uh, an audience but um, and I guess like kind of in a larger extent this is kind of an abstract point but I I guess I just I for me as a movie writer, I don't know like there's this idea that I think uh, Devdi is, is working with that Something that is grittier and more grimy is truer, mm-hmm. but it somehow gets you closer to like the true emotions. And I think in this case, I don't know if that's actually the case. I think Devdas actually feels as you know, as kind of 
artificial mm-hmm. as so much of it is and big and theatrical. I think it kind of gets into like the int- at least the intensity yeah. of the emotions more successfully than uh, Devdi does. But I think that where it is most interesting, even though I don't quite believe her situation, I think that character of Shonda is mm-hmm. really an interesting, compelling character. How, how old is she supposed to be? Like she looks, the actress looks. I Probably think younger she was than she actually seven, is. She was like in high school. She was like 17. Yeah, I think when... It's a couple of years past, so maybe 20. Yeah, I think initially she's 15, and then later on she's she's a bit older. But I think kind of... She's supposed to be underage. The yeah. backstory yeah. starts when she's 15. Because at one point you see her and Peril kind of cross. Um, on the train, is, right at the beginning, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, and then you see it, that, that scene from her perspective and her narrative. Mm. And then... And that's been a couple... I think at least a year since kind of like the whole MMS sex scandal thing started. Yeah. So I, I, I presume by the time that she is in the city... She hasn't graduated to school yet, yeah. but yeah. to be fair, she, she is She, she is has extremely mature... Uh, 16, whatever, however old she is. Like, yeah. she's read. She has, I'll say, she has the best taste in books. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You see her, she is read like, every she's snorting she's coke off of, what is it? She's reading, she's reading, um, Alberto Moravia's Contempt. Yeah. Uh, yes. she's, she's reading <laughs> she a, uh, Lawrence Block book from the Hard Case Crime series. Yeah. And then later on, I assume that it's her book that, uh, Dev is reading it. She's reading, uh, uh, Megan Abbott's The Song Is You. That's why she was snorting coke off, uh, if I okay. remember, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I like that she's shown as smart. Those are, those are great yeah. choices. Like uh, for yeah. books, it makes me think. Wow, like you know, uh, um, this director is really you know. I would, yeah. I, I would just like to see an adaptation of any one of those <laughs> novels. Uh, more than this one, although I guess Contempt is already you know that one's kind of yeah. taken already. Great movie. Um, that's that's such a weird scene too when she's reading Contempt, and I think she's at her grandma's house. Yeah, and her grandma and her and her grandfather considering just beating the shit out of her because she's <laughs> annoying. Yeah. yeah, and then she immediately leaves. Uh, but that was her trying to escape her mother, who the family life has become very fractious after her father committed suicide. All of this takes, like, years, like, from... Because I think she's 15 at the start of the MMS sex scandal. Uh-huh. And by the time that she becomes a prostitute, it's, it's been yeah. years. At least two or three years. Yeah. I will say what you say about Cash Up, um, or at least you say, like, he doesn't go kind of as far as someone who does want to do, like, a gritty, realistic representation of this story would. He's done In it. some yeah. of his other films, yeah, he, does he does go... He does actually go. ...kind oh, of yeah. much more okay. depraved. And so I was Ugly kind of surprised. The most, I guess the this, most grossest movie I've ever seen. Yeah. It's, so it's I was, pretty bad. I was it's awesome, but it's bad. Surprised because this, with the exception of Bombay Velvet, which is really an outlier in Cash App's work from what we've seen, although I would say is still an excellent film, this is as like kind of like nice and glossy yeah. as I've seen. Yeah, this, like his this, films are a lot, usually a lot dirtier. This feels like it's like yeah, like, like it's like a young, like you know, seventeen-year-old, nineteen-year-old mm-hmm. yeah. young filmmaker whose idea of like life on the streets is from movies. It's from Gaspar Noe. Yeah. It's from Danny Boyle. He does like a direct homage of like Mean Streets of the, the yes, scene of Harvey uh, Keitel getting drunk in the bar with the camera kind of mounted yeah. to his chest. So you know. Everything is kind of yeah. going off kilter behind him. You know that scene, right? I think. And, uh, um, I think the, it's Martin uh, Scorsese's editor, uh, Thelma Schumacher. Uh-huh. Is that how you say her name? Yeah. Who uh, edited Bombay Velvet? Oh, yeah. really? So, like, Scorsese's clearly really? one of his. Yeah. Uh, he landed Thelma Schumacher. That's really yeah. impressive. I, I think. I think the graffiti everywhere is really the um, <laughs> oh, God, the yes. imprimatur of what yeah. the problem is. There's a Wonder is. Woman. Because it's. 
while kind of cool, it's not something that would ever exist. Yeah. Like, you would never live in an apartment <laughs> with this crazy graffiti right, wall. Right, right, Yeah. Like, it's trying to look squalid, but it's, it's, it's theme like, park squalid. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like a... Like what a fashion a fashion shoot would be like, like a squ- yeah. you know, like in a where it's like some sort of heroin chic fashion shoot. Yeah. So it's like I don't know people are looking kind of strung out in the foreground, but in the background, it's like a really cool wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I do think, like, I understand where Cash Up is coming from when he says, you know, when people ask him what's the most overrated film in India, and he would say his own film Deb Deep, which was a big success. This was this was, was like a well thought of uh, yeah, it was very. Classic, yeah. Huh. Well thought of by critics and is considered a cult classic. It won six Filmfare Awards, including Best Supporting Actress for Kalki Kochlin, hmm. um, and Critics Award for really? Best Actress for Mahi Gill, and also won one National Filmfare Award. And he was nominated for Best Director. Huh. Yeah. Um, so it, it was really well thought of, but yeah. kind of having seen his subsequent work and also kind of how he has found a place for himself within the Bollywood film industry. So at one point, he really had a chip on his shoulder. He was saying, you know, these things about how Bollywood is opiate for the masses in India, like allowing, giving this escapism and not allowing people to kind of come in touch with the realities of the country and the world that they live in. And now he's really kind of matured and those Uh statements he doesn't make as much. And he's producing Bollywood films, a lot of interesting Bollywood films. So... Things like The Lunchbox, Lutera, my all-time favorite Bollywood film, Queen, even Shandar, and most recently, Unta Punjab. Yeah, he's also a guy that has gotten in trouble with the censors. A and lot. is willing to go to the mattresses <laughs> with him, too. Huh. Okay. Which lot. is, it's especially hilarious considering Unta Punjab... Uh, we talked about this in our mid-year wrap-up episode, but... That Although movie, at that point we hadn't seen the film. Yeah. We've seen it now. We, we loved it. We've seen it. It was awesome. But it, it got... Tons of flack from the censors. They wanted 89 cuts, including the word Punjab taken from the title. Parliament MP yeah. election. It's, it's a movie about the uh, drug problems in Punjab. And I think while also a little bit stylized, it probably does a better job of showing what low life looks like. Mm-hmm. But he was defending this movie saying, you know... You and he was the producer. He was the clear. producer of it from his, his production company, Phantom. He uh, was, you know, arguing about it like... You know, this is a political thing. You're you're just trying to get rid of this movie because it doesn't show the government in a good light. This is, you know, this is assassination. Don't do this. Whereas uh, Raman Raghav 2.0, <laughs> we didn't hear anything about it getting uh, in huge trouble with the censors. But it's a, about as amoral a movie as I could possibly think of. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Uta Punjab... Uh, Relates to being drugs are bad. Yeah. <laughs> and Anurag Kashyap's first film has never been released because the censor board didn't clear it. And his second film uh, took two years to come out because hmm. it was about a bombing and they were waiting kind of for the trial of the perpetrators to be over before the censor yeah. board would clear it. He's a really interesting guy. Yeah, he's, that, that yeah. all sounds really interesting. And certainly there's all sorts of Dev D is like interesting elements interesting in this movie. Like, I, I, was, yeah. I was, you know, I was into. Like I said, in the first part, like just I thought, like reinventing this story felt, uh, I thought, you know, imaginative and yeah, and then I and yeah, you know, and stuff. I'm not sure why it didn't all kind of come together for me because like like the yeah. China character is really interesting. There's just there was just kind of a, it felt in its own way like just kind of the reality reality of the movie. I guess that the movie makes such a big to do about it, mm-hmm. you know, being the the the, the tough non-glamorous yeah. version of this story and I think it doesn't quite stick to its guns. That what do you think he had in his bag? 
Oh. <laughs> he's carrying this stupid leather bag around through drug dens, and even when he's homeless, he... You know, he runs out of money, and he's like, "This bag is really expensive. I, could this buy five beers?" <laughs> well, like, what did he have? It? He doesn't have a job. He, he doesn't need to carry any important papers around. And it, does, and it is kind of. I guess it is one thing. It does. Like, I think it does that kind of connective tissue that maybe is missing from Dev Doss. Like, it does do a better job of maybe establishing. Paro and Dev before yeah. he makes his return. With and that small 30 second clip of them yeah. being kids, it really sets the relationship up from day one. But this also might be because it is ripping off of Bonsali's film itself. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. um, Kalki character watches Dev Das when she picks her yeah. prostitute name. And we see a, you know, a straight up shot of uh, Shere Khan in front of the bar that he goes to all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it is playing with the idea of cinema itself, whereas Bonsali is yeah. definitely not doing that. I do like the idea that Shada takes her nom de bordello <laughs> from she's watching Dev Doss and decides to name herself after yeah. Chana in that movie. And I wonder if she, like, I'm trying to remember, has she met? I don't think so. No, no, no. That's no. that's her, like her first day of being a prostitute. Right, right, right. So it's funny because it's like everyone her. else in the movie has the same names. Yeah. Right. Because they're, like, they're, they're waiting right, for yeah, her to come of age. They're waiting for her to come of age. She right, gets to live right, there right, for right. a while before she comes of age. And then when they're like, have you thought of a name? That's how yeah. it Right, 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 right. It's just, yeah, it did kind of have this thing of like, at, at some point, is he going to like mention his name is Dev and his like, <laughs> that he's going to mention Paro at some she point? She knows his story at least, right? It's either that or there's deleted scenes of every single character watching that movie and changing their name <laughs> afterwards. Because, you know, it it's a fun aside. I, I like it a lot. And uh, Cash App's more likely to reference other filmmakers, as you've noted, the mm-hmm. you know the Mean Streets and Danny Boyle, whereas yeah. Bonsali is kind of a thing unto himself. But he yeah. does, I mean, he does pay homage. Yeah. Like, he does open his film with, you know, kind of this dedication to these, right. these the filmmakers. Right, It's kind of like, I, I think it's something... Uh, Umberto Echo said something about like about Casablanca where it's not a movie it's the movie so right. like the original Dev Das maybe it is not alluding to it's not it's not quoting yeah. previous movies but it is kind of drawing upon like it's sort of this whole yeah. Yeah. tradition of the the big widescreen technicolor you yeah. know sink into the luxury of it sort yeah. of thing that you know that is so much of what movies provide like well i'm glad you found some things interesting about this film because yeah, i have yeah, to I, say what, you, what you're saying about the rest of history he sounds like a really like a cool guy who's you know forced <laughs> cool for good guy. right it's, yeah. it's weird yeah well because well, i was gonna say like i do think is this is the least interesting film i've seen from him and so i was a little worried because i mean we were trying to pick things that i that you might like like i yeah, I, yeah. I did want to have you on and talk about stuff that hopefully you'd enjoy and then when we watched dvd i was like oh this is like the least interesting cash app film i've seen i hope this doesn't turn oh, all off from cash app no no i'm curious, I'm curious is this a thing like that a lot of like i don't know younger directors who want to kind of break away from the rules of bollywood who again i tell me if i'm wrong here but like is there's still i guess an assumption that that even a dramatic movie is going to have music in it. It's going to have some kind of musical interludes. And this one, you know, kind of finds ways to incorporate yeah. music and even musical numbers. But yeah. in Actually, a way that does still, that all the time. In a way that, that still yeah. feels it's like within the kind of the reality yeah. of the movie. It, mm-hmm. it's I not, would say that's a trap of cash. Way as much of a, you know, like actors singing and dancing. Yeah. Well, music you know, where is... The, where the story stops short. Like Music is always a part of Bollywood films and I would say of most Indian films I've seen. I would say that Cash App is more likely to incorporate a song and dance sequence into the narrative and not yeah. be um, 
you know, it's diegetic. It. It's yeah. diegetic always. Yeah. Yeah. And well, for, not for, always diegetic. If they're going to be dancing, it's probably diegetic. But there is like, um, like Calaray, our favorite song from Gangs of Wasse Fort. That's not a diegetic song. Yeah, but it, like he generally, for a guy who doesn't make Bollywood musical style numbers, yeah. right. has a good ear for music. Yeah, because yeah. he's always got generally well, good like stuff. Because there's what there is that club, and the movie does kind of stop short for a dance number that's yeah. being taken that's sort of a hip hop dance mm-hmm. kind of number which is like within you know it is diegetic in the movie but then I think it's the same performers right who then do kind of like this weird non-diegetic interlude later on in the movie where they're yeah. kind of singing almost too dead like sort of singing into the camera as if like imparting yeah. wisdom to to Dev and there's I guess the, and there's you know kind of music there's sort of montages and there's music that plays um, I don't know if the music all maybe this is just not my my ear for Indian music is not very well developed but I, I don't know if the soundtrack held together cohesively mm-hmm. to me but mm-hmm. um, maybe you know I guess it's not like I don't know a Wes Anderson soundtrack necessarily yeah. all holds together sensibly either so I don't know if that's like a not really a valid criticism yeah I wouldn't say a lot of other directors make. Uh, no, like they'll either do a general Bollywood style or there'll be kind of music in the background of scenes. Uh-huh. Kashyap does like to put it front and center a lot of the time. Yeah. And for good or ill. Uh, but his the songs he picks are generally pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, he's working with a composer who's writing all the music for the film. And I, I, I think they he the always It's not like they weren't all by the same composer, right? It feels for the most like part, they all, are. Yeah. Oh, are they? Oh, okay. And so I think he. He 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 picks interesting music for the yeah. most part. Again, like I think the soundtracks for Gangs of Wasipur are like masterpieces. I think they're kind of incredible. They're very cool. Um, this is good. Uh, I can't remember the name of the composer. We'll put it in the show notes. This is good. I don't love it, and I've I've loved some other music by this composer, but I still I still really liked this. I still thought it really worked within the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like the way that Cash Up uses music because that's one of the things that I love about Bollywood and I love about Indian cinema is that there is a lot of music. And even speaking of Wes mm-hmm. Anderson, I mean, he has an entire film where he just uses music from Sachi yeah, films. Right, you yeah. know, like, yeah. like they really, that's part of what draws you into this cinema. That's mm-hmm. that, that's part of the yeah. culture yeah. of their cinema that's, is music. That's the one Sajid Ray movie that I've seen is uh, The Music Room, which mm-hmm. I think is a masterpiece. Yeah. It's all... You know, music is again, front and center in that movie. But music is as important as montage in a in the Indian uh, film, right? World. Yeah. Uh, so I guess the last thing I want to ask you, Paul, is mm-hmm. what did you think of Kalki Hojlin? Just because we're big fans, we've seen her in a lot of films, and this is this was her first film. This was the first time you've seen her. She's and she married the director. Yeah, she's. <laughs> they she's have really, since broken up. Yeah. Um, she's really striking. She doesn't look like anybody else I've seen mm-hmm. in my you know in my Bollywood. Viewing she experience. Is ethnically French, but uh, was raised, which I, I've never seen her speak French before, and she spoke French in this film. She spoke French in this, yeah. Um, but was raised, she was born and raised in India and has kind of faced uh, some racism in the industry because of that. Hmm. Um, it's kind of like reverse racism that people like Katrina Kaif and Nargis face being ethnically Indian, but born in uh yeah. The UK and America. But she's a very interesting person. Oh, she's super fascinating. Yeah, yeah. she's uh um ski- looks like a like a skinny Michelle Trachtenberg maybe yeah. a little. Yeah. Um and yeah, I like her. She is uh, she, yeah, I, she's the most compelling part uh of the film. Uh performances seems mature beyond her years. Mm-hmm. Uh and there's something just kind of there's something 
um, I don't know, just kind of like going on, almost like behind her eyes, independently of the movie, mm-hmm. uh, if that makes sense. That you know, just to just like you know, you just kind of. I, I, I was just like, who is this girl? Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, so I'm not. I, I kind of wondered just what her situation was within the industry because I thought like, oh, you know, like you see her, you think, oh, she really pops off the screen, but I don't know what kind of roles are out there for someone like her. She doesn't look yeah. like a yeah. traditional... Well, she she plays a woman with... Uh, cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy uh-huh. in a queer identity mm-hmm. film. And then she's also one of the best friends in <laughs> Yejivani Haidivani, which is like, it was the highest grossing Hollywood oh. movie of all time. Which Not it, of all time, it's one of. Yeah, but it, 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 was, it was when it came out. Yeah, yeah, but it, no, it, not not quite. But she's like out. a just like a Janine Garofalo type in that one. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, so when she's doing kind of these more um, again like art house fair, she she does a lot of lead roles, and then when she's in kind of more mainstream Bollywood films, she's more in supporting roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's always great, and we're really big fans. And yeah. so it was nice and, to kind of see this performance because I can the, see how like. People really zeroed in on her yeah. being the best part of this yeah. film because she is. Yeah, and there's there's like a just kind of like a sexual frankness mm-hmm. to her. She seems like she just yeah. kind of owns her. She just kind of like owns herself. For someone who's like she's playing a prostitute, she still seems like she owns her body and, yeah. Yeah. and owns her space in front of the camera um, in a really compelling way. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know this. Does that does that sound does that make sense? Like, no, I get it. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, she's yeah. she's got control over her physicality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a role that could be like you know like the child prostitute, just seems like it's the definition of yeah, like total victim and uh, and you know I mean maybe it's slightly contrived in the movie, but um, she you know, seems like she's having a good time. Yeah, like it really kind of inverts <laughs> your expectations of you think like this is going to be like a total like oh boy this is going to be like a really rough. Yeah. Part of the movie is this girl is like you know um, cast out of her house, goes on the streets, and things just get worse and worse from there. But uh, yeah, uh, but they don't. But which one wins a week, Paul? Oh, yes. uh, oh, Deb Das. Deb Das. Yeah. yeah, I am also voting Deb Das. I think I like Deb D better than both of you, but I, you know, I'll go to Deb Das. All right, it's a sweep. Sanjay <laughs> Lila Bansali sweeps it, but I. So that's one I mean, for will... trash then. That, that goes <laughs> in the books, right? Yeah. <laughs> I will say that uh, you know, again, Andy Rakashev is one of my favorite filmmakers currently working. This is a fine one to start with. with yeah. him. I, it's not. Yeah. It's not the best. Where, where, should, where should I go next for for this guy? Gangs of Wasay Four. I yeah. know it's five and a half hours. But it's really good. <laughs> but it, on Netflix, it is cut up into episodes, so you can <laughs> watch it like you were binge watching a TV show. Okay. And I I really love Bombay Velvet. It's very glossy, yeah, which is also on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. very much a like. Uh, him in kind of a L.A. confidential or like the Roaring Twenties kind of mode. It mm-hmm. does pay homage well, that's something to, I to talk James about, actually. Is that oh. um, we thought we were at the Cash- end of the episode, and Matt has more. Kashyap does not do a lot of literary adaptations, and no. Bombay Velvet is a nonfiction adaptation. Yeah, which I feel like maybe he got constrained. Like he felt that I have to do the the gritty version of this, mm-hmm. whereas Ansali has done the epic version, mm-hmm. and maybe he thought. I have to, you know, grit it up some. That's that's my take on what he did. Well, I know, like, this project somewhat originated with Abbe Dale, who was like, you know, oh, I want to do, like, a gritty, updated reboot of Dev D. And he was coming off of a No Smoking, which is an adaptation of the Stephen King short story, Quitters, oh. Inc., uh-huh. with yeah. John Abraham. And the stills I've seen from this make it look like yeah, we naked really, lunch. We really need to watch this one, yeah. <laughs> Like... 
and it apparently did That's terribly yeah. because, again, like you know, it was. Inspired that's, by people like Cronenberg and Lynch, I'm and that's fascinated. A deep, that's to see a deep cut even like. for Stephen King people. Yeah, really. Yeah, and so I wonder if kind of going with a this recognizable story that that kind of uh, opened up an embrace from kind of filmgoers and critics, mm. and then Lerman he, doing Great Gatsby. It's you know everyone's always interested in a take on a classic tale. I don't think it's Lerman doing Great Gatsby. I think it's Lerman doing. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah that's yeah, a lot yeah. closer. That exactly. makes more sense. Your smart, or like, or like, um, even like Gus Van Sant doing My Own Private Idaho. Like, yeah, you know that kind of. Uh, um, or Joe Wright doing Pride and Prejudice. On and on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so that brings us to the end of our episode. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can uh, check us out on Twitter at BollywoodPod, and you can find myself on Twitter at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I am at Erin E. Fraser, and I do a weekly podcast with our co-host Paul Matwichuk. And our next episode is going to be on... Oh, yeah. We're going to do uh, two movies about women and ghosts. Yes. So we're doing the new Ghostbusters remake, the... um, I, is it really all that divisive? I, is it really the allegedly controversial <laughs> uh, female reboot of Ghostbusters? And you love Paul Feig. Like, yes. you're a big Paul Feig supporter. I, yeah, I love Paul Feig. Uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing him yeah. once upon a time. He was sort of before his emergence as, like, the big comedy mogul uh, in Hollywood now. And he's, yeah, he's a sweet guy. Um, so we're doing uh, Ghostbusters. And uh, we're doing the the haunting, the yes. uh, the original the haunting, uh, which has uh, Claire Bloom and a haunted house full of creepy spirits. Uh, Do we have a treasure in the movie's listener feedback question for this episode? Oh boy, I don't know. Um, what's a uh, I don't know, like a, 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 a like a. Uh, a director you'd like to see scruff up a classic story? Yeah. yeah. Great that, like, what, what match up a director, a classic story you'd like to see do a gritty version of? Yeah. Does that make sense? That's yeah, that great. makes sense. Okay. And, and yeah. where can we find you on the internet? <laughs> oh, I'm at, uh, at my elbow, M-Y-E-L-B-O-W. That's my Twitter feed. And, uh, yeah, Trash Art the Movies is on uh, iTunes. So uh, and please check it out. Yes. Oh, and Facebook, facebook.com slash Trash Art Movies. And uh, that's where you can uh, answer that listener feedback question. So. so, yeah, if you enjoyed the discussion of Trash V Art, you know, talk about directors, same idea of a movie. That's what they do every week, folks. So I would check it out. And for everyone asking us if we could put out weekly episodes, we can't because I have another podcast. <laughs> Aaron, that yeah, weekly I can't episodes. believe that you do this many <laughs> podcasts as it is. Uh, you are a dynamo. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, you can also find Bollywood is for Lovers on Facebook as well as Tumblr and Audio Boom. And if you like the show and if you like Trash Out the Movies, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps new people find the show and boost us in those iTunes ratings of, you know, whatever yeah. country we're in. We're doing really well in Pakistan. Thank you so much, Pakistan. We love you. Pakistan, yeah, <laughs> you're aces. Next time, you know, fly us over there. I'd love to see your beautiful country. And we will be back in two weeks with an episode kind of centered around the Olympics. So we'll be looking at three films. Uh, Bag Milka Bag, a biopic about the Olympic runner Milka Singh. Sultan, 
which is like a fictional biopic <laughs> with Salman Khan, where he does go to the Olympics. And Chak Day India, which is about a women's field hockey team. It does not feature the Olympics, but field hockey is an Olympic sport. Yeah. And the other film that does feature the Olympics, Mary Calm, we'd already, already discussed. And we wanted to do a team sport and also, you know, show some women playing sports. It also looks like Shara Khan in the remake of The Mighty Ducks. So I'm very, <laughs> very much into it. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>